0: This is Dave Doggett, and you're listening to the Maritime Outdoorsman Podcast, Episode 17. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Before I get started with today's episode, I just want to touch on a bit of a sad note Um, A good friend of mine and many, many other people here in the Maritimes, especially in the fishing world, the fly fishing world, uh, Eric Bayliss recently passed away. As of the time of this episode, um, I got word that he passed away on April 5th of 2016. Um, And Eric, of course, will be remembered fondly by... Members of the maritime angling community. Uh, He ran a business called Eric's Reel Shop. Uh, I know I had many reels uh, worked on there, and I know many other people who did as well. But Eric was a truly fantastic individual. Uh, He always had time for you, Um, he was an incredible master at his craft. He was an expert fly tire, Uh, just an all around fantastic guy. So I just wanted to bring you up to speed on that and uh, say uh, farewell, Eric, and uh, hopefully we'll be fishing together on the big pond someday uh, down the road. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking with another good friend of mine. I have a lot of good friends from the angling community and the outdoor arena in the maritime provinces in general, but uh, Mr. Tony Robinson and Tony and I go way back, um, to the point where I was just a young a young fella. Tony helped my father and I uh, become more involved in the angling community, um, gave us some pointers early on, and uh, just really always a a solid figure in the angling community for us. And a number of years ago, uh, Tony became infatuated with musky fishing. And, um, it's something that I have never been able to, uh, to take part in directly myself, not yet anyway. Uh, but it's captivating and, uh, it's, you know, a a big game fish that there is a significant sport fishery for here in the Maritimes now, most notably in the St. John River in New Brunswick. Uh, and I know Tony pretty well, every chance he gets, he is off and up to New Brunswick, and he's on the St. John River in pursuit of the muskie, the mighty muskie. Uh, so we're going to chat with him here, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to, uh, to pin him down for, uh, for this podcast episode. And uh, so anyway, here is the chat I had with Tony Robinson on muskie fishing in the Maritimes. All right, so I'm sitting with my longtime Fishing friend Tony Robinson, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing absolutely great, David.
0: Excellent. The uh, snow is finally all gone, and we're uh, we're ready to talk some fishing.
1: Absolutely. I was thinking, you know, a year ago we were still sitting here with four foot snowbanks outside my office. So
0: yeah, we're doing okay.
1: We're definitely ahead of the game this year.
0: So you know, we fished many species together before, and uh, we both rather enjoy the big game. A number of years ago, you know, you seemed to. Shift gears and disappear. I did, and uh, (laughs) so you, you know, we're we're talking muskies today. I've I've never uh, had the pleasure of catching one yet, and you know, hopefully, I will someday before too long. But I guess the first thing is a little bit of the history of the muskies in New Brunswick because this isn't something that's been around for very long. No,
1: not not very long. It it originated really with a stocking that took place in Quebec. Just above Edmonston, New Brunswick, back in the early 70s, a couple of stockings took place. Quebec government, well, they had no need to advise everybody, but fish being fish, they swim where they can mm-hmm. go, uh, made their way over the border. and Because Baker Lake, uh, those areas form the headwaters for the St. John River right. and for the St. John and Allagash as it flows down through Maine. And uh, so the fish worked their way over from the Quebec border, and then they started down the river. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may recall yourself, when we were doing bass tournaments back in the 90s even, or in the 80s, but into the 90s, people started to catch what they thought were incredibly large pickerel right. in, uh, in New Brunswick, which obviously mm-hmm. turned out subsequently not mm-hmm. to be pickerel. And the first confirmed, uh, with some scientific data to it, was uh captured at the dam in 1988 okay that was the first time they knew they had muskies down and they had literally worked their way down Mm -hmm. all the way down through the river and now there's multiple year classes we suspect probably all the way down through the whole chain Mm -hmm. uh, at least as far as gauge town if not further till they reach some point where salinity in the water would turn them back
0: so have they been you know accepted up there and there's probably been some issues with
1: absolutely some huge issues not not unlike actually a lot of it put me in mind of when bass started becoming popular right. smallmouth started becoming popular in nova scotia right uh invasive species which mm-hmm. which they are there's sure. no question about that and um and because not only they're an invasive species they are the a-level predator of mm-hmm. freshwater fish right uh having said that uh i'm not aware of any studies that i mean they will eat what they can get as m- mm-hmm. most fish will mm-hmm. uh but i'm not aware of any studies that support that they particularly target salmon much more likely to be after right. perch you know right. bullheads suckers things like
0: right. that yeah interesting um and now you know there's uh there's an actual organization so muskies canada yep. how long ago did did uh did that Chapter gets that, set up.
1: That happened fairly quickly. That uh, just by way of background, my own interest. I'd always been interested. I'd fished musky when I was a very mm-hmm. young lad in Ontario, mm-hmm. but going going right. back longer than I care to remember. Right. Um, but back around 2006, I think it was 2005. Clark Rayner, who you would know, mm-hmm. was a well-known angler in, in New Brunswick. Clark was actually out pre-fishing for a bass tournament. The bass fishing was not going well at all, and he and his partner, I think it was Henry Arsenault, decided. Well, fine. We'll go chase some muskies, and I think they caught three that day. Oh wow! And that sort of started it from there. And then uh, Clark and Henry set up a website mm-hmm. called Muskie's NB, mm-hmm. uh, and from that, Clark, Henry, myself, and a few others, we thought, well, maybe we should become a chapter of Muskie's Canada because that right. is the national voice for muskie fishing. Mm-hmm. So we are now the Saint John River chapter of Muskie's Canada, but we still use and welcome people to the Muskie's NB site. It's still very active, and it's. Uh, it's our main form of communication between our chapter members.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. So do you guys have a pretty uh, loyal following up there? Yeah, we as... have
1: a membership, an active membership of around 70, which uh, uh, yeah, like most organizations, you have a strong good. core. Right. Actually, it's one of the largest, larger chapters in mm-hmm. Muskie's Canada. You know, we have our standard core members as does every organization, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you have those that come and those that go over the course of a year. But we maintain around 70, so right. it's not bad at all.
0: No, that's not bad at all. And you guys have a few events throughout the season.
1: We have what we call outings. Mm-hmm. We, we particularly stayed away from the word tournament. Right. We don't operate them like tournaments. Right. And though there are prizes involved, we don't want the focus to be on on the, right. on the competition aspect. And actually, we run it in a very social way. We we uh, uh, have an outing. You'll go out. You'll fish in the morning. Uh, for example, you know, say somewhere like Woodstock, who you'd be familiar with. We you yep. know we'll set up our. Tables on that right there. We'll fish in the morning. We actually come back in at noon hour Okay. Uh, to meet our, our Muskie's Canada requirements of chapter meetings. Mm-hmm. We come back in at noon hour. Your entry fee pays for a barbecue. So we have a barbecue at noon hour. Nice. Everybody has a chit-chat. We have our chapter meeting, and then we go back out on the water again. Mm-hmm. And then we come back in in the late afternoon. So it works out very well. We have four of those outings a year.
0: Mm. That sounds like a much more relaxed Very collegial. It's, it's, it's nice. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's very enjoyable.
0: Good. So, you know, I mean, I've I've caught my share of chain pickerel here in the yeah. Maritimes, and for the most part, they're pretty easy to catch. Yeah. You know, and, and I've heard that muskies can be called one of these fish of 10,000 casts. Or 20,000. Or 20 or, or 30. Or for me, 30,000. <laughs> they, so are, they are. They are. Just, are they just made up differently? As I, it, well,
1: I think make up differently. Uh, I forget what our hours. We we've done a, a very significant uh, study on on muskie tagging study on muskie over the last number of years. Our chapter, we just terminated it uh, last year. But you know, to to look at averages of twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hours of fishing per fish, is certainly not unusual, depending on your body of water and 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 time of year. And uh, I I reached the point I've said to many people I can get as excited now about getting a musky back to the boat as I can about catching it. The, uh, right. The thrill of watching a musky follow a lure in, because they're they're not very intimidated. You're so used to many fish, right. as soon as they come up to see the hull of a boat, they're right. gone. Right, And I won't say musky won't. But I've had them follow me in, follow me in, follow me mm-hmm. in. They, you can stop the lure beside the boat, and yeah. they'll just sit there and look at it from maybe, you know, three feet away. Mm-hmm. That's why you see musky in the show, Muskie anglers doing these figure eights, Because figure yeah. a- actually to induce them to strike. Yep. But I've, had, you know, I've had great fun just watching them sitting there, maybe six inches below the surface, this large, large <laughs> fish just looking at your lure. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just may slowly a couple of swishes of the tail, and off they go. None of this mad, chaotic movement right. that you might see from other fish. Very relaxed. Right. Uh, great underwater shots of muskies just trolling, yeah. coming along behind the propeller of your boat while you're trolling. Mm-hmm. Four or five inches away from the propeller, just, just watching. looking at it, just wondering whether they're <laughs> going to get it or not. So I find them a fascinating fish, but yeah. if, if, if you're an angler that does not like, if you're not a very patient angler, right. muskie may not be the thing <laughs> for you.
0: Right? I've, I know I've seen that a similar thing with some larger chain pickerel. You know, mm. they will come up by the boat, not too uh, deterred by if you're making noise in the boat or anything like that. Um, So what size fish are we talking? uh, If somebody's going to give this a try and they have the patience. Well,
1: the, the, the present New Brunswick record, uh, is held by a friend of mine, Steve Eldridge, who lives in Nackawick. And I hope I have the figures right. I didn't bother checking before we talked, but I think I would be correct in saying 52 inches long, 48 pounds.
0: That's a big fish. That
1: is a big, big, big fish. Uh, markedly different from, uh, and this has been a, has been of interest to muskie anglers not only here but in other places. Markedly different in size uh, from uh, from other fish mm-hmm. uh, in other sorry in other parts of, of Canada and the northern U.S. Uh, we seem to have a very very heavy bulky fish here. You look at uh, if you look at fish uh, a fifty inch fish uh, from say Georgian Bay or somewhere in Ontario, much slimmer sleeker they're always commenting about new brunswick fish they have so much body to them for their size they do for their length
0: do they have just different forage or? well i
1: think it's probably I, i'm guessing it's ample forage mm. base. i mean almost unlimited supply mm, yeah really um virtually no pressure from angling right so uh presumably muskie have it the way they want it <laughs> and uh but it is very very noticeable when you see photos of new brunswick muskie compared to other parts Notice they they be chunkier.
0: Yeah. And in
1: fact, one study we're working on right now, our chapter, sort of an offshoot from our tagging study, there's, there's formulas, of course, for uh, uh, calculating fish weight mm-hmm. without obviously using scales, right, which they right, do have right. for muskie. We've always been fairly convinced that the formula does not apply to New Brunswick muskie, so uh, that's one thing our chapter is working on right now, is to try and find that correlation uh, yeah. between length and girth. As it would be to wait right specifically for new brunswick musky. right
0: so very possible that someday there could be a world record yeah, muskie
1: i would say it's definitely yeah. uh, definitely a possibility yeah uh, we've seen a dearth of big fish like 50 inch fish mm-hmm. which is sort of a real guideline for muskies right as is a four pound smallmouth right you know that um haven't seen much of that in the last couple of years right. as many as we might have anticipated and Nobody really knows, I think, the reason for that. Right. Uh, but I suspect, as I think many do, they're still there. Oh, yeah. It's just a case of getting the right one. Yeah. you know, and, and we did have one fish uh, uh, that we had some work done on a couple of years ago. It actually died. It was from Nakowick. It was known as the Nackawick fatty. <laughs> and, and it was just an obscene oh, yeah. girth for its life. Yeah, So Yes, I would say there's definitely a possibility okay. there. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. Uh, I mean, there's so much water up there. Well, it is, you know, uh, yourself, for all species of fish. And that's one of the things
1: you've noticed. I don't think, uh, though I know there has been concerns, particularly from salmon anglers, about the Mm -hmm. impact that muskie have. Um, As again, I'm not aware of any reported studies that would justify that. Uh, With bass fishing, um, watching the tournament results, don't think there's been an adverse effect there. The only thing I've I've noticed myself, having, you know, obviously fished a number of tournaments, Bass tournaments over the years in New Brunswick is distribution of the bass where they've right. changed. So there's certain spots you might have gone to 20 years ago mm-hmm. and anticipated bass fishing. Right, You're much more likely to find a musky sitting there now. Okay, interesting. But the bass says, Mother Nature does, the bass just went off and found somewhere else they liked. Yeah. That's where they
0: stay. The musky Those in Those spots
1: I haven't found yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it sounds like they're uh, a very interesting fish and worthy challenger. um I assume there's a lot of uh, trolling and casting going on. What what's the methods of choice? Yeah, it's on
1: time of year. Like like yeah. most types of fishing, I would say start with casting. As the end of the year comes, you'll be into trolling. Okay. So uh, when you start your early fishing, as I mm-hmm. say, it'll be it'll be mainly casting, shallows, weeds, um, and it's uh, that's fairly formidable in itself. Oh uh, yeah. The, uh, the the gear that you use for for. For muskie, I mean, you're you're using seven, seven-and-a-half-foot, possibly eight-foot rods, mm-hmm. quite stiff rods. Mm-hmm. You're using big lures. Right. I mean, some of the lures you're throwing are eight, nine, ten, twelve inches. Right. Uh, with lips on them. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know.
0: It's it, a workout. It, it puts you
1: far beyond it, cranking a, ba- a crankbait that you might use for a bass. It, it is a workout.
0: S- a uh, similar to uh, surf casting for striped bass. Exactly. Kind of exactly. And, yeah.
1: uh uh, sometimes you will just go trolling just to take a rest of the <laughs> yeah, cast. Yeah, exactly. And I can assure you getting to the ages that I am now, mm. I do feel it. It's, sure. It's, it's tough to be up there all yeah. day throwing these big baits and oh, working yeah. these big rods. Yeah. Even the spinner baits. I mean, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, There's Schmader some serious came up with re- reels just to handle that. There's so much right. drag on these. Right. It just almost, and you'll strip the gears out of a normal bait caster. Yeah. You know, fairly quickly. Yeah. So. Round bait casters as opposed to profile bait casters usually be the way to go.
0: Right, right. And there are some people uh, targeting them with fly rods.
1: Oh, absolutely. Marlon Prince, one of our members, and he's on the executive of our chapter, uh, to watch Marlon work a fly rod Mm -hmm. uh, for muskie is exhausting in itself. Mm -hmm. Just watching. To watch him (laughs) work these because uh, Marlon, he actually gave a talk at our last chapter meeting on how he does it but when he lay and he does his own flies and i mean nice these slice. are flies of
0: consequence right these right are,
1: these are not ones you're using n- 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 you. no no so, no but when he, when he lays a fly out but then he very quickly puts the rod up under his arm right and then it's two-handed stripping two-handed stripping yeah uh he's hugely successful I mean, oh yeah with, on musky yeah with excellent excellent yeah successful. i've, I've yeah. started
0: to see a bit more online about uh, targeting them with fly rods. Yeah, my one's like,
1: not the only one. We have two or three yeah. club members. They are chapter members. That's how they fish muskie.
0: Fascinating. Well, I do hope to, uh, you never know, I might get up there in your boat yeah. someday Yep. and uh, give that a go. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time, bringing us up to speed on not at all. on the muskie fishery. Yeah. So if anybody's listening wants to uh, give that a try, a good place to start would probably be Muskie's NB, and we'll have some links to that in the show notes for this episode. So thanks, Tony.
1: Thanks, David.
0: Okay, again, that was my longtime angling friend, Mr. Tony Robinson, uh, and he is now officially a hardcore muskie angler on the St. John River system in New Brunswick. If you want to learn more about the muskie fishing available, the best place to do that is Muskie's NB, and to get there, uh, you can do that through maritimeoutdoorsman.com slash muskie, M-U-S-K-I-E. Of course, you can Google Muskie's NB and you'll find it, Um, but I just wanted to mention that if you want to reach out to Tony or any of the other directors in that group, find out more information about the muskie fishing available, the muskie situation, uh, you can go to that link. Also, for complete show notes on this episode, just go to maritimeoutdoorsman.com slash 017. That will take you directly to the notes on this episode, where we'll have links to Muskie's MB as well and some other resources. Before I go, a couple other things I want to mention. Um, If you enjoy listening to this podcast, which I hope you do, um, and you want to give us a good rating, that would really help the show. Um, Just go to iTunes, where we're listed on iTunes. Give us a good rating if you can, uh, or whatever other podcast uh, network that you use to listen to. That would really help. Additionally, um, if you don't mind... Um, even a a positive comment on the episode or any of the other episodes, you can just go to maritimeoutdoorsman.com. And on the homepage, it basically just links to all the episodes that we have uh, where, you know, when you click on each episode heading, you can then uh, post a comment at the bottom Uh, A couple other things I want to mention here. If you don't already receive our emails, which is probably the best way to keep in touch with us when we announce a new episode uh, and whatnot, just go to maritimeoutdoorsman.com and on the right side of every page, you'll see subscribe to M.O. News. You just put your email address in there and you will then receive Email updates from us when we have new episodes or anything that we feel is worthy of mentioning, passing along to you. Also, if you're looking to get certified uh, either to run a pleasure craft, uh, ATV course, snowmobile course, even, or even a hunter course, you can do that right through our website. We've linked up to uh, the best place to get certified and all those things through boater exam. Uh, they offer boating courses, ATV courses, snowmobile courses, and hunting courses. And to do that, just go to maritimeoutdoorsman.com slash courses. I know I got a lot of these links that I'm sending out to you, but, uh, when you do that, it will take you directly to the course information. And as well, if you do take a course, it will end up helping out this show. Uh, You can connect with us anytime through our website. Really appreciate your time and your attention and listening to these episodes. You can also just let us know what ideas you may have for upcoming episodes, and we'd be happy to feature you and your question on those. So until then, take care. Enjoy the great outdoors here in the Maritimes. And uh, that's it for today. Thanks. Bye-bye.